Chapter 10, The Big Twins. I've spent countless hours musing about the uniqueness of the Japanese culture. Why do they do the things they do? Why are they so consistent in the things they do? How do they sustain the things they do from generation to generation? It is my opinion that there are two principles in play. First, the Japanese culture has a deep respect for people. Secondly, they have a deep respect for resources. I call these two ideas the big twins. Respect for people and respect for resources is like a golden thread in a thousand-year-old tapestry. They are woven into this culture, and it is impossible not to see their impact. One does not take precedent over the other. They are in perfect balance and harmony and generate power and deep influence. Respect is always present. When you walk through a department store, the employees bow to you. When you enter a home or business, you remove your shoes. Respect is present in almost everything that happens in Japan. When the train shows up on time, it's showing respect for the customer. Perhaps you have heard of the seven-minute miracle. The Shinkansen high-speed train pulls into the train station, and in seven minutes, it is meticulously cleaned. Mr. Yabe, who was the executive that deployed and implemented the cleaning system, is often a guest speaker on my Japan study missions. He explained that one of the ways he got the workers to do such an extraordinary job cleaning the train was by conveying to them the extreme honor of being associated with this Japanese icon. The core philosophy that Mr. Yabe teaches to the 700 people cleaning the Shinkansen is respect. Respect for the customer, respect for the Japanese innovation, and respect for preserving the extraordinarily high standards of Japanese punctuality and cleanliness. It is important to understand that Mr. Yabe accomplished this with employees whose jobs are often considered menial. Mr. Yabe understood the importance of bringing dignity and respect to all work. He set out to elevate the status of a cleaning person to that of a celebrity. He accomplished this in spectacular fashion by the following. Number one, he told the workers they are taking care of not just a train, but the Shinkansen, a national icon. Number two, he got the workers to come up with creative ways to make the job more efficient and enjoyable through daily Kaizen and daily team meetings. Number three, he allowed the workers to abandon the work clothes that cleaning people traditionally wore and to dress up in seasonal costumes. This made cleaning the train like a theater. People, including dignitaries, came from around the world to see the extraordinary performance of the Shinkansen cleaning crew. Number four, he got the press to cover the exceptional performance of the workers. Now it's referred to as the seven-minute miracle, and the team that made it happen is being celebrated in magazines, newspapers, television newscasts. They even made a musical about the seven-minute miracle. Respect is even on display in the way the Japanese clean the bathroom. When you enter a public restroom, it is normal to find it clean and to leave it clean. To use the resource casually would be sloppy. 
the Japanese use their resources with great conscientiousness and show respect and gratitude. I've come to realize that the twin ideas can transform our minds if we really come to grips with the simplicity and elegance of these principles. My ikigai, which means that which brings you happiness, is to treat the people that serve me with deep respect. Whether it is a waiter, a cab driver, a flight attendant, a hotel housekeeper, I strive to treat them with deep respect and honor. I go out of my way to respect their hard work and make sure they know their efforts are appreciated. I say please and thank you. I tell them they are amazing and give a smile. I learned the principle of tipping large and unexpectedly from President Donald Trump. It is not uncommon for me to give a $100 tip. It is always done in the context of showing deep appreciation and respect for their hard work. I also think seriously about how I use resources. I don't open an extra bar of soap in my hotel room when one bar of soap will do. By doing this, I am respecting the person who made the soap, the person who transported the soap, the person who stocked the soap. I'm also respecting the resource taken from the earth and the impact it will have on the environment to throw it out needlessly. The harmony and unction that can be generated in a person's life are immeasurable. I use the word unction, which is primarily used in a religious context, meaning to have power from God. This is exactly what I'm trying to convey. There is a spiritual element to having a deep respect for people and resources, and I believe it connects us back to creation. The big twin principles will unleash unprecedented power, understanding, and harmony. When these two concepts are working, they change lives. They impact decision and will infect your every thought. When there is tension among team members and poor communication, it can often be traced to a lack of trust and respect. The Japanese culture is very reliable. Therefore, there is an abundance of trust. With trust comes respect. Consistency breeds trust and respect emerges. Are you respected by your fellow workers? It would behoove you to take inventory of your consistency. If we were to drill down even deeper, a lack of respect can be the result of a lack of education, illumination, and thoughtfulness. When I see a struggling organization, it can often be traced to a low level of understanding of the principles of a deep respect for people and resources. When I see people getting up from their dinner table and leaving 30% of the food not eaten on their plate, it can be traced to a lack of respect for people and resources. If we seriously consider the time it takes to plant the crop, nurture the crop, harvest the crop, process the crop, package the crop, transport the crop, we would never casually throw it in the garbage. When you visit a Japanese school, whether it's private or public, there is a prayer of gratitude before the children eat. Ikadakimasu, I humbly receive, is given for the food and the sacrifice of the plants and the animals so they can have nourishment. It conveys gratitude for the farmer and the fisherman that toiled to make the food available. In many restaurants, when you walk up to the buffet line, there's a picture of the farmer who grew the crop that you're about to eat. 
Similar pictures can be seen in the grocery store. When you teach gratitude from an early age for the simplest thing, the golden thread of respect can easily be woven throughout the culture. Furthermore, before every meal, the children identify the nutrition that will be provided to them by the food they are eating that day. It is easy to understand why there is a deep respect for the food that is put before them each day. When there are hundreds of children in a cafeteria and there is almost no wasted food on any child's plate down to a grain of rice, it can be easily traced back to respect for people and resources. I have found it even easier to embrace the two twins because they have a deep congruency with my own faith. In the Judeo-Christian tradition, there are two very important things that we are instructed to do. Love your neighbor as yourself, Mark 12, 31. This commandment is thousands of years old, and it very clearly demonstrates the importance of respect. We are also instructed to be good stewards of the gifts that have been given us. These beliefs are still as true today as they were when they were first given. There are some things that are unmovable, but respecting people and resources provides the ability to part the sea and make it easier and more enjoyable to navigate life. It reminds me of one of my all-time favorite books by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Clearly, Dale Carnegie understood the importance of respecting others. Let me give you a personal example. I have a neighbor who is difficult. He called me the other day, but I did not answer. He then proceeded to text and call me repeatedly, but I did not answer the phone or his text messages. I chose not to respond because every time he engaged me, he berates me. As a result, the relationship deteriorated. Because I didn't respect him, he chose to remove two robotic lawnmowers I was using to manicure the five acres of his property across the street from my house. Now, my disrespect for him caused the landscaping across the street from my beautiful home to look like a disaster. Needless to say, my wife was not very happy about this. Every morning and every evening when she drove to and from work, she had to look at the growing disaster across the street from our home. A place we had spent significant time and money to look beautiful was now going back to weeds. Now my wife was starting to lose respect for me. Everything was spiraling out of control. Do you see how respect is such a critical element in how we navigate life? Thank God my wife is better at mending fences. She called the neighbor and was able to get things back to normal and the lawn is now being mowed. My lack of respect created chaos and the giving of respect heal the chaos. It is important to note the enormous amount of wasted time, effort, and ugliness that occurred because of the lack of respect. When we don't lead with respect, we are only going to punish ourselves with a dumb tax. I learned about the dumb tax in a book called The Road Less Stupid by Keith J. Cunningham. Indeed, I was punishing myself with a dumb tax because of my disrespect for my neighbor. The Japanese culture has clearly not been punished by the dumb tax nearly to the extent of other cultures because of their deep respect for people and resources. They have a lot of people in a small area and still they function at a high level. Once, while speaking at the American Chamber of Commerce in Nagoya, I asked the audience about how they liked living in Japan. 
I'll never forget one gentleman's response. What's not to like? No crime, no graffiti, no homeless people. People are educated, thoughtful, and polite. Everything works. It's a no-brainer. Another time when I was in a factory interviewing a lady who had moved from the Philippines to Japan, I asked how she liked living there. She said, it's very nice. I have a good job. It's very stable. They are very good at business. My bosses are very respectful and everyone is at the same level. Everybody works as a team. The food is delicious too. I've heard answers like these over and over from people who have immigrated from Vietnam, Brazil, the Philippines, Malaysia, and many other countries. Japan is a country where immigrants feel a deep respect. It is particularly hard to get your head around the fact that presidents and other leaders in many companies wear the same uniform as the workers and work side by side with them. I'm going to go off script here. You cannot tell the difference between the president and the worker. Everything is the same. Back on script. This unequivocally conveys respect to the worker and respect for the work that is being done. The leaders are demonstrating that the work on the shop floor is the most important work. They are acting with great sagacity in the way they run their business. What is the origin of this sagacity? While I don't have all the answers, I think I may have a few. When I query different Japanese leaders about why they do what they do, I often hear, because we're an island nation. We have island thinking. The Japanese live on a small island. They know they're going to see each other again. So it is common sense to treat each other with respect. You might say they understand that it's in their best interest. You could even say it is self-serving, but to me, it's just plain old common sense. Unfortunately, in many cultures, ego has subverted common sense. A lot of us make our decisions based on emotions instead of critical long-term thinking. For the Japanese, critical thinking is essential to survive on a small island with 127 million plus people. Because they have limited resources, they are forced to think differently. In large measure, everything they need has to be imported. If they are not thoughtful about the way they use their resources, it can get very expensive. On the other hand, if they are thoughtful with their resources and respect them, it can quite effectively mitigate the cost of both living and doing business. I asked a farmer on the island of Hokkaido, why the Japanese are so thoughtful. He reached down and picked up two rocks and held them up and said, all we have is rocks. We have to use our brains. Banish sloppiness and fall in love with precision. It behooves all of us to understand the power of this thinking. If you're going through life a bit flummoxed because things are not going as smoothly as you wish, you may need to consider how tuned in you are to respect for people and resources. I can hear some of you saying you were raised with those values. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I agree, I was raised with those values too. But I'm not talking about individuals. I'm talking about an entire society that thinks this way. That is what is so marvelous about the Japanese culture. It's one thing for an individual to think this way, but it's another thing for an organization to think this way. 
And to have an entire culture of 127 million people thinking consistently with the big twins, a deep respect for people and resources, is something that all of us should respect. Also remember, the Japanese have sustained this way of thinking in the presence of abundance. This is now one of the wealthiest countries in the world, and still they treat resources and people with respect. It is as though they've created a scarcity mentality in the presence of a luxuriant life. The one thing, a deep respect for people and resources. 